I'm really happy that you're here, and I hope you get something again out of this. This is uh, an introduction, really, to uh, this this series called Teach Me to Pray. In the factory, our online Facebook group, uh, which is like a ministry school, we have about 160 people in there. Anyone's welcome to join if you want to. We're going through the book of Acts, and we're doing a series in there, and just uh, just looking at the early church, the good, the bad, the ugly, I want to be provoked. I don't know about you. And man, the early church was a praying church. It was so explosive. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about my story and why prayer is so important for me. And I believe every believer, every Christian really wants to be able to grow in Christ. I don't know anybody that's like, you know what, I want to be a, you know, I want to be a so-so Christian. No, we we really want to be able to walk with God, to be free, uh, to walk in freedom, you know, to be able to overcome sin and the flesh, to be able to grow strong and really know the Lord, to understand the word of God and just to be able to really be able to pray and you know, to be able to have the the ear of God. Think about this, the creator of the universe, to think that we could walk with him that we could commune with him, that we could fellowship with him, that he could speak to us, that that we can talk with him. This is just absolutely amazing. And and yet Christians, we we struggle, believers struggle in our walk with God so many times in the area of prayer. And I feel like we're so weak in that area. And I want to help you grow. I want to become better in the area of prayer. There are people who live condemned. They're, they're filled with shame or guilt, insecurity, fear, and they, they feel like they cannot approach God, that he doesn't want to hear from them. Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, just filled with the thoughts of their own failures. And so they're very apprehensive. Everybody says it today. Hey, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, would you pray for me? And we throw that word around like it's a sacred word by just saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Like that means something. And, and I think we all know this, that when somebody tells you, hey, I'm praying for you, that many times that means they're not praying for you. So anyway, let me try not to go on too many rabbit trails right now. When I was 16 years old and and I went to church, now in in the book, I've actually got this part done. I, I go into a lot more details about that. And some of you have heard my testimony for a very long time, you know, and and so as many of you know, I came home from a rock concert, fell asleep at the wheel, hit a bunch of trees, you know, just destroyed my vehicle, caught on fire by the grace of God, got out of it. It blows up a few minutes later, and it was a few months into my senior year of high school or a couple months in, in October of 19-something, of 1990. And my friend Conrad, who's already high, and we're listening to Metallica, and he says, man, I've been thinking had you died in your car, you'd have went straight to hell. And all I could say was, well, man, if you died, you'd go to hell too. And out of this incredibly weird conversation that terrified us, that Conrad started, we decided to go to church so we could figure out how to not go to hell and, and be able to still go to heaven. That night I went to a youth group and and something happened that night where my heart started to get provoked. I met a young man named Jimmy Malone, a dear friend of mine who pastors in North Louisiana also. And, and he was the real deal. And I remember having a short conversation with him this, this first night I went to this youth group. I got home that night and around 10 or 1030, I got on my knees and I just started crying out to God, you know, and I don't even know what I said, but I was there for about a half an hour on the floor on my knees. And when I got up, I knew that I was changed. I knew that there was something different about me. I didn't understand 
uh, the word born again. I didn't understand salvation. I didn't understand any of this. I was definitely wanting to go to heaven and not hell. But I didn't know what these words meant. And, And I became just obsessed with knowing Jesus Christ. I just wanted to know him. And and I, I don't know why, but I just, I had this, the thing about me is that I just, I wanted to see him. I just wanted to see him. I remember as a child, they had that series. Some of you may have watched it on TV. My parents would watch it every year. It was Jesus of Nazareth. It was like a, you'd have to watch it over three nights. And, and, and I'm mesmerized as a child. I'm like, that's Jesus. And you don't understand, you know, Hollywood or movies and 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 I'm just seeing him, I'm seeing the hair and his face and the eyes. And and here I am now, 16 years old, hungry for God, just wanted to know him. And so, um, and I go in a little more details also about this in the book where this lady in our church hands me this cassette tape and says, I feel like the Lord wants me to give this to you. It's going to help you in your prayer life. And she didn't know, but I was just wrestling because I didn't know how to pray. Here I am, I'm a baby Christian. I got me a Bible. I'm reading it. Don't really understand what I'm reading. But, you know, and, and, you know, put worship music on. And I, really, I, just, I just didn't understand a lot, but I just wanted to be able to talk to him. So I get home one day with this, this tape this lady gave me, and I'm leaving so much out. But I get home, and I go to my bedroom, shut the door, and we didn't have locks on our bedroom doors. Me or my, my twin sister had her room. We didn't have locks on it. Smart move by our parents. So... I go on the other side of my bed and I had my cassette player and I was real fancy. I had a cassette player that would automatically flip over when one side ended. Those of you who are aged understand what I'm talking about. Any of you millennials or Gen Zers, mm, you just don't know what you're missing. Anyway, so I, I lay down on the ground. I did not understand. I didn't know anything. I'm a, I'm a very ignorant ignorant young man, spiritually ignorant. I, did, I just didn't know much. But I'm going to tell you one thing I did is that I loved God so much. And I laid on the floor, and, and nobody told me to do this. I just did it. Just here I am laying, you know, uh, you know prostrate. And I got my, my hand over my face. And this prayer comes out of me. It was so simple. I, I started thinking, I wonder if, if, if I could ask God, if I could ask Jesus, if he would just let me see him. And as I lay there, I began to pray, and I just said, Jesus, if it's at all possible, could you let me see you? And I don't know why, but I, got, I started getting emotional. These tears were coming out of my eyes, and and I just felt my, my heart was just pounding. I just was, I just loved Jesus. And then I said this, I said, Lord, would you, could you let me touch you? I just, I want to feel you. And I even said this, I said, if I could just touch your feet. I, I didn't know the story about the woman who came in when Jesus was sitting in this house, you know, with this, this Pharisee and this woman who was known in the city, this immoral woman, she comes in. And she comes behind Jesus and she starts crying on his feet. And of course, she breaks the alabaster, you know, flask over his feet and she uh, dries his feet with her hair and she begins to kiss his feet. And I had this feeling like I just want to be able to grab and hold on to him and just not let go. I wanted to know him. I didn't understand about presence of God. I didn't understand about things. There was terminology 
1990, 91, that, that, you know, everybody's talking about all kinds of different words today, you know, and I didn't know any of these really words. And, you know, I just wanted him. I want to see him. I want to look at him. Not about you, but isn't that the essence of Christianity, that we could know him? Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, after probably 15 to 20 years of ministry, he writes to the Philippian church and he says this, this is a man who'd written, you know, two-thirds of the epistles. This is a man who was caught up in the third heavens, but was so humble, he wouldn't even say it was himself. He says, I know a man in Christ 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell who went up into the third heavens and heard things not profitable to utter. Of course, today everybody goes to heaven, they tell stories about it. Anyway, stay on point, Randy. And he says, if I could just know him. He's pinning the word of God. He says, if I could just know him. I'm like, oh my, I understand that. I get that. I get that. And I will tell you this, that throughout my ministry years, that's that's probably, I was, I think I turned 17 by that time, was a senior in high school. And I'm, I'm 48 years old now, I'll be 49 this November. And that, that prayer, that moment I had on my bedroom floor is just an innocent and ignorant teenager who just loved God. That that right then, that that time, that moment, that has been probably my number one prayer throughout all these years. I remember when I was washing uh, or cleaning bathrooms in the ministry in Alexandria, Louisiana at Christian Worship Center. And it's two o'clock in the morning. And I'm just, you know, there's a breaking that's taking place in me. And I'm sitting there at two o'clock in the morning and and wanting to be a minister, wanting to be able to preach. And I was already preaching in the streets and doing different things. But in my mind, in my young, still ignorant mind, I didn't understand that I thought ministry was only if you're on a platform and, and preaching and officially like a pastor or something. I didn't understand, but there I was, they're like 22 years old, I believe, 21 or 22. And at two o'clock in the morning, I, I, I had this feeling of I realized that there was so much pride in my own life. I wanted to be something. And I'm like, no, it's not about me. It's about, it's about him. It's about Jesus. And I remembered what had happened on my bedroom floor. And right there in that stall at two o'clock in the morning, I remember just getting in that bathroom stall and laying prostrate, saying, Jesus, would you let me see your face? Jesus, could you just, could you let me touch you? If I could just grab a hold of your feet. And I, I, by then I knew the story of this woman. And I'm like, I just want to kiss your feet. And there's something in that moment. Fast forward a few years later, I'm, I'm 28 or 29 years old. And I spoke at a conference uh, with a friend of mine, Pastor Joel Stockstill. And there's 3,000 youth there. It's this event called One More Soul. And I'd preached this message on the cross, and and the Lord actually dropped that message in my heart right as I was getting up to preach. I didn't know I was going to preach till right in that moment. It was very strong. And the altar call, like thousands of young people just start rushing the front. We had to just stop them, and the altar call was right there. And there was just a train of pastors and youth pastors just trying to get to me, wanted my my number, my contact info, and all this. And And I remember getting home and Hammond, we had uh, our children, we got them to, to bed, and it's late now, midnight, 1 a.m., and I told my wife, I said, I need to go to the church office for a little while, and and she says, okay. 
I get to the office. I didn't even know where the bathroom cleaner was. I found the bathroom cleaner and I found window cleaner. And I went into a stall in the office. And I hadn't cleaned toilets for years. I've been pastoring for a while in youth ministry. And, and I got that stall and I said, Jesus, all those people are wanting to know my number and my email address and, and my name. And all I want to do is clean this toilet tonight, just like I did in Alexandria. And I want to say something to you that I told you when I was a teenager. I just want to ask if it's possible at all, if there's any way, Jesus, could you let me see you? I just want to see you. If it's possible, could you just let me, can I touch your feet? Can I just kiss your feet? I just want you. Years later, we're in Brooklyn, and it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, sitting in my chair in the ghetto. Sirens finally got quiet. My kids are asleep, and it's just me alone, and there I am. Jesus, could you just let me see you? And I'm going to tell you, my heart right now is that it's not how great of a preacher, not even how great of a Christian I can be. I just want to see Jesus. I want to see him. I want to know. How about you? Don't you just want to know him? Man, you know, or we, I mean, and walk with him and see him. Prayer is, to me is this place that we get to have where it's we fellowship with him, where we can commune with him, where we are just bare and vulnerable and honest and open with him. It can transcend everything. It's the most deepest place that you can experience in your life to know him, where we can pour our heart out to him, to be able to come to him and say, you know, there's some needs I have, there's some prayer requests I have, and I definitely need to lift up this and that, but before everything, Jesus, I just want you. And that's the heartbeat of this series that we have on prayer. There's this, this passage, I'm going to read it, and we're going to close. It's going to be a quick session on this one. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says this, just this first verse. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, talking about Jesus, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. I think it's interesting that the disciples never said, Jesus, teach us how to preach. Teach us how to heal. Teach us how to have a worldwide ministry. No. But it says here, that as he was praying in a certain place, when he stopped, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. It's like they saw something there in that, in that moment. They saw something there. Jesus would rise before all of the disciples, and he would be up already praying. After they fell asleep, he was long awake, burning that midnight oil, praying, talking to his father. And now, because of the cross and the resurrection because that veil was torn in the temple. Now the Spirit of God just inhabits us, right? Jesus lives on the inside of us, and we have direct access to the most holy place where we can go to God and we can pray. I want to tell you right now that there's no sin uh, so great that the blood of Jesus cannot um, cleanse you from it. There's no depths. Uh, depravity that you can fall so far 
that his loving arms cannot reach and rescue you. If you have breath in your body, I want you to know that God is for you, that you can call out to him. Jesus says this, no one who calls unto me, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast them out. You need to know that he is waiting for you. He's already made a mad dash to you. He ran and he embraced the cross. He embraced, he became a sin offering, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He loves you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pretend prayer life. We've been playing pretend tonight for too long in the church, for too long. And, and for too many of us, we have no affectionate relationship with God. And he calls us sons and daughters. More than sons and daughters, who are we? We're, we call him Abba Father. It's like he's Daddy God. He's our Papa God. That's who he is. We bow down before him. We reverence him. He's holy. He's the king of kings. Jesus, the king of kings, Lord of lords, prince of peace, faithful and true, alpha and omega, first and last. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. So much wealth and riches and heritage in this place of prayer. Listen, God deserves more than an occasional 15 seconds of prayer from us. And you deserve more too. He paid too high a price for you. Jesus paid too high a price. The father paid too high a price. The death of his son paid too high a price to not be able to have all of you. And he's inviting us in. Over the next eight weeks, in the factory, you're doing a separate teaching just on prayer. No matter where you are in prayer, I believe we can all grow, no matter where you are. And so each week we're gonna come with some practical tools and tips and inspiration. I'll share with you some stories of some tremendous women, men and women of God that were mighty in the place of prayer. We need people today who know how to pray, who know how to get in there, and, and wrestle in that place and overcome and get answers to prayer, right? So it's not just to have intimacy, but listen there, there, but it's to get answers. God wants to answer your prayers, but people get offended sometimes because they feel like God doesn't answer them, but the truth is they never really pray. You know, I call it sometimes they think pray, they think about praying, but they never really actually pray. It'll be practical, inspirational, and, and hopefully, it'd be very beneficial for you if you can grow in prayer. Filled with practical instruction. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this. And uh, if so, if you are not a part of the factory, please come and join. It's right here in Facebook. It's in Facebook. It's called Forged in the Factory. And I think you can find it. I put in the description. It's, you know, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash forged in the factory or if you can't find it just send me a private message uh you know dm me in facebook and i will add you in there if you're watching this in the furnace um i've been um we are going to have an announcement really really soon and if you're watching this at lighthouse church i love you all and i believe that our best days are ahead so excited
about what's to come. And those of you who are in the factory, I can't say enough how excited I am that you're here. I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Love you all. And I will see you soon.